Hi, I'm Amira Khalid, and I'm the creator and host of Inspiring UAE Women, the one and only podcast focused on female leaders in the United Arab Emirates. I enjoy meeting and talking to female leaders and finding out how they charted their path to professional success. In my show, Inspiring UA Women, I will be interviewing and shining the spotlight on a diverse group of female leaders in the UAE and inspire women in the region with their success stories. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you enjoy listening to my podcast. And if you do, please subscribe and leave your comments and ratings on iTunes. You can also follow the podcast on LinkedIn at Inspiring UA Women Podcast, Instagram at IUAW Podcast, and Facebook at Inspiring UA Women Podcast. You can also email me on inspiringuawomen at gmail.com to get in touch. My guest today is Cynthia Corby. Cynthia is the Middle East construction industry leader for Deloitte and Touche Middle East. Cynthia chairs industry conferences and writes articles on industry issues. Cynthia is an author and founder of the GCC Powers of Construction publication issued by Deloitte and Touche Middle East, which includes expert views on construction opportunities and trends in the region. Her current portfolio of clients includes all the major construction companies audited in the UAE, as well as a number of international referral assignments. Cynthia is an audit partner in the Dubai office with over 20 years of experience in the profession. Cynthia was the first female audit partner appointed in Deloitte and Touche Middle East in 2006. Thank you so much for being on my show, Cynthia. It is an absolute pleasure to have you. My first question to you today is, how important is gender diversity in the workplace? Thank you very much for inviting me on your show to talk about this incredibly important topic to all of us. I think for me, in the years I've been part of Women in Finance and many initiatives at Deloitte as well, um, and mentored many women, it's not only gender diversity that's important, but diversity and inclusion overall. And something that we have really spoken about over the years as part of the ACCA Women in Finance has been what diversity brings to the table. So it's not just to tick a box and say, do we have the right statistics, but really thinking about what the difference is and the, the value add to the business that that different perspective or different thought process or different cultural experience actually adds to the business and how that informs a better strategy and better business performance. Now, in 2021, women still fill fewer seats in the C-suite than men, particularly in male-dominated professions like finance, accounting, or construction. Why is that the case and what more needs to be done to impact change? Yes, unfortunately, still a very disappointing statistic and I think when you translate where we are today and how much we have progressed which is very little it means that maybe my granddaughter will one day see gender equality which is not a very inspiring statistic so I think over the years when you analyze why that is there's still something that many businesses need to do to really be able to retain women when they reach childbearing age that is when our professional women really seem to struggle to get the balance between work and raising a young family. So many challenges they have to deal with at that particular age. And it's what we need to do to create a more flexible work environment to retain those women. And what we've seen through COVID, obviously, which has offered us all very flexible opportunities to be able to work from home, is that has helped in some cases, but has also added a lot of stress because the children are home. They're also doing school from home. So mothers have had to try and deal with that and 
work. So I think it's finding a balance where we can offer times when you can work in the office when it's appropriate, if you have very small children at home, and then other times where if your family need you to be home, you can be there. And I think COVID has proven that we still have had very high productivity despite people working at home. So I'm hoping there will be lessons learned so we can take away the good that that flexible working has offered and help deal with some of the added pressure that a lot of women had felt by working at home as well. You're a Middle East construction leader, typically seen as a sector predominantly populated by men. I want to address the stereotype that women tend to be less confident than men in certain subjects. Why are we still perpetrating this myth and what can be done to move past it? I think we just need to believe in ourselves more. And I think over the years, some surveys and statistics have proven that women will only apply for a job when they've got 100% of the qualifications and feel they're 100% capable, whereas men will say, okay, I've got 60% and the rest I can learn. So I think we do need to be a bit bolder in terms of putting ourselves out there and taking those opportunities, even if we haven't got all the answers or all the skills at that particular time. But if we know we've got the skills that can be developed that lend themselves to that particular area, then we should be bold enough to put ourselves forward. I mean, construction, I only started really doing significant construction work when I moved to Dubai because it was an era where everything was booming and we had a number of clients in construction. It was obviously a passion of mine to see all these buildings being built, go on site, see what was happening. I'm an accountant, not an engineer, but learned a lot about the construction process. And even today, being able to sit with engineers and learn from them about the process and how that helps me do my job better is something something I'm very passionate about. So I think if you have a passion for something, an eagerness to learn, put yourself in the frame for that particular job. Don't hold back is what I would encourage people to do. And you will be embraced because people can see that passion and they're willing to work with you. And that is, I felt has always been something that has stood me in good stead. Even today, we're still learning all the time, different challenges in the industry, but having a seat at the table and being able to participate in that dialogue is an amazing opportunity. Cynthia, how has your personal journey been? Have you encountered any stereotypes or the proverbial glass ceiling? And how did you overcome it? Yeah, I mean, I can't say it's been the perfect journey and they, you do have some setbacks along the way. Somebody who always strives to be a, a bit of a perfectionist, it's difficult when you encounter those setbacks, but I think your support network, both personally and professionally around you, help you get through that and pick yourself up. I tend to be somebody who never takes no for an answer unless it's a reasonable no. We'll challenge why can't we do it and I'm very positive in general about moving forward and making changes and I think that has helped me in terms of tackling things and moving forward. I've been given many opportunities in my career and some of them were difficult. Those were probably the ones that I learned the most from. So I would say sometimes difficult things are thrown your way but that's your moment to shine and show what you really capable of as well and maybe it's not the door that you wanted to open but it certainly opens other doors so don't let certain things that come your way that maybe don't open the particular door you want or the role you want stand in your way of success because it leads potentially leads to other avenues I'd like to talk about mentorship now. How important is it to mentor other female colleagues or the next generation of female leaders to help them succeed? I think this is very important. Unfortunately, history showed that women weren't very good at mentoring women. 
and I don't really understand why, because we should really help each other. If anybody can empathize and understand our situation when we're trying to balance family and work and try and be everything to everybody, it should be another woman. I think that has changed over time. Lots of programs and initiatives have been put in place to make sure women are helping women. So I think it's very important from an empathetic point of view and just to be a real role model. So somebody who is experiencing all those things rather than just talking about it in theory, I think really inspires younger women. So I think that's really important because you can offer practical solutions or practical ways to deal with whatever they might be facing at that particular time in their life. And I think especially around that area where I said we struggle to retain younger women when maybe they're just coming into manager roles, they're starting families, there are a lot of challenges and a lot of things to juggle there. And I think somebody who's been through that as a wife, as a young mother, as a daughter, maybe supporting their family as well, can offer some really good personal advice. So I think it's incredibly important that all women really focus on doing that. What's the best work-related advice you've ever received? I think the best advice, and it wasn't too long ago, a few years ago for me, was something I always try and do. And I've been very disciplined at kind of trying to set boundaries so that I get the balance between family and work. I was pretty structured around my hours when I would leave the office so that I could get home, have dinner with the family, help the kids with homework. When they go to bed, then I'll carry on working. But those kind of hours in between were pretty sacred in terms of family time. As we know, in the profession and in business, you get offered or invited to dinners for business purposes sometimes. I would try and make those dinners that I felt were really important, that I vitally had to attend. And others, I would say, no, it's not really critical. I'm going to go home, prioritize my family. And we all know in business, networking is also very important. So it's a compromise that you make and then you think, how can I still network effectively? And one of my partners, an elderly gentleman, very wise, said to me, don't underestimate the importance of networking. He said, I fully respect that you're balancing your family time in the evening, but then find another time that suits you. So if it works that when you've dropped the kids off at school that you have a breakfast meeting with colleagues, then rearrange it that way, but don't neglect the opportunity to network. And I think that was very valuable advice that he gave me. What's a leadership lesson that you've learned that's unique to being a female leader? Something I mentioned not too long ago when we had our International Women's Day panel was to make sure you heard so you might have a seat at the table, but find a way to make sure that the contributions that you actually make around that table are heard. I know it probably sounds a bit strange, but the reason I say that is sometimes earlier on in my career, when I had a seat at the table, I would make a comment or make a recommendation or a suggestion and nobody would really acknowledge it. And then the discussion carries on. And a few minutes later, one of my male colleagues around the table would make exactly the same comment I had just made. And people would say, oh, that's a good idea, you know, and then gets developed and I think for me to have that leadership impact to make sure you heard that people understand the value you bring to the table is important it doesn't mean you shout the loudest at the table but find a way to make sure that your impact does come across and that the value you're adding is heard I can really relate to that. Quite early on in my career, I was participating in a meeting with about five senior managers who all happened to be men. The meeting was essentially a brainstorming session. And I remember proposing a solution that was pretty much ignored. One of the managers actually backed me up and said that it seems like a good idea and we should actually listen to her. And that was when my recommendation was brought to the table for discussion and a solution was agreed upon. Well, good on him and good on him for reinforcing your idea. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I was grateful that I had a male ally because I needed that support back then since I was at the start of my career. And that's why your point resonates with me so deeply. We need to make an attempt at being heard instead of staying in the background. My next question is, Cynthia, could you name a woman who's inspired you the most, one personally and one professionally? Personally, and I know it might sound cliche, but my mom really inspired me. She told all four of us, we all four daughters, to make sure whatever you do in life, you get a qualification that is in a field that you really enjoy and that will allow you to always be financially independent. That was her mantra, and those were the key messages to all four of us. And that she really lived by. Um, unfortunately, we lost her eight years ago, but that really inspired me to go on and do well. She also started her own business and I was still at school and I was doing accounting back then, another passion. And she let me at that young age write her business plan for her and go and present it to the bank with her to get funding for her small business. So really seeing the potential in somebody very young, encouraging them and making sure they were focused on you know, what was really important for women to be financially independent and to have a career you were passionate about. In terms of a professional woman, I'm sad to say I can't really single out anybody specifically. What has really helped me in my profession has been an amazing team of different people. Without that team of different people, I would definitely not have achieved everything I have. And that has been from young to old and mixed genders. But really, I would say certainly a number of women that I've worked with, be it internal projects or serving our clients, just through their support and encouragement and all having the same vision, being able to brainstorm together for what we all thought was the right direction we wanted to go in and then really work hard to all get there and deliver it. I would say they are really my inspiration. Cynthia, my last question is, as a female leader, what are three pieces of advice you would offer professional women? So I suppose a few thoughts to leave you with, which we touched on at the beginning, and something that I also read from other successful CFOs and CEOs. They said, and I firmly believe this, don't try and fit into the boys' club. So don't think you have to suddenly go and play golf or you have to speak football or whatever it might be to fit in. Be yourself and bring that difference to the table because that is exactly why we say diversity and inclusion makes the business stronger. Secondly, I would say set your boundaries in terms of work and family. I gave an example of what I did to make sure that I could be home for dinner and help the kids with homework. And my colleagues respected me for that. They knew in this part of the day, they can come and ask me anything. Six o'clock, I left for home. Nine o'clock, I was back online if they needed to get in touch with me. So I think setting your boundaries is really important. And then also don't be shy to put your hand up. Put yourself in the frame for that promotion or that ambition. Make sure people are aware of what you would like um, because sometimes we're a bit shy in terms of sharing what our ambition is and identify a mentor or a sponsor and make sure they're aware of what you want and follow up and make sure you've got short-term goals that keep you moving forward. Thank you so much for being on my show, Cynthia. Thank you. And hopefully some tips for other ladies to learn from and, and move forward in their careers as well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Inspiring UA Women podcast. The construction industry is a booming sector. The World Bank has noted that the percentage of women studying engineering in the Middle East and North Africa region 
is directly comparable to the West or more developed countries. 50% of engineering students in Arab countries are women. However, the number of women who actually pursue an engineering career is quite low and the percentage who actually take up roles in construction even lower. This isn't just a problem faced by the MENA region. If we look at figures from the US Bureau of Labor Statistics, out of the 10 million people employed within the construction sector, only 9% are women. And a large chunk of this percentage is actually in back office roles. Diverse and inclusive workforces are indications of a healthy economy. From this interview with Cynthia, I learned that organizations need to do more to retain their female staff. Mentoring and encouraging potential is key. You should be investing your time in networking. Make sure you're heard at the table and lastly and most importantly don't try to fit into the boys club and instead embrace your individuality as a woman. If you'd like to reach out feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn at Inspiring UA Women Podcast, Instagram at IUAW Podcast, Facebook at Inspiring UA Women Podcast or email me on InspiringUAWomen at gmail.com. See you next Thursday. Thank you.